Welcome to Porter Wright's Antitrust Law Source. Good morning. This is uh, Jay Levine, your host of Antitrust Law Source, and I'm once again joined um, by Andre Gilberto, a competition lawyer in Brazil. And today we're going to be talking about um, how Brazilian authorities uh, treat uh, gun jumping, gun jumping being where the companies coordinate their activities uh, on an operational and competitive level um, before the merger or acquisition has been consummated. So let's get to it. Um, now, I, I know you had mentioned um, that um, I guess Brazil has done um, uh, or the Cadi has done a fair amount of work recently in like gun jumping, which um, for our listeners is essentially means that you've started to consolidate um, or the parties have started to work together in a way that indicates that the transaction has been completed prior to the uh, merger process or merger, con- merger control process being completed. And obviously the, the FTC takes that extremely serious here. It's a violation of the Hart-Scott Act. And um, um, as some of our listeners may know, they, they recently – um, are raising the um, they put in to raise the uh, fines and the penalties for a violation of the HSR Act from sixteen thousand dollars a day to forty thousand dollars a day, so um, a pretty one hundred and fifty percent you know increase. Um, but I believe you said that there's some gun jumping um, developments in Brazil as well. Exactly, and we're right. We have we had those same concerns in Brazil. Because companies they were not used to having uh, having to having to file transactions in Brazil, in Brazil and having to wait for cottage approval before closing the transaction. So this new law from 2012 and forth that fines for gun jumping could reach the amount of uh, almost um, 20 million dollars, uh, according to today's uh, exchange rate. And of course, this is a lot. And uh, when the when the law passed in 2011, we thought that those fines they would never be enforced because they were so high. Uh, this is not what we have seen. And uh, Cali has been a, a, a very uh, a, lot, a lot of attention to to this. And but actually, in order to assist companies in uh, to know. What is the limit in terms of uh, information exchange, uh, in terms of uh, preparation for closing? And so actually what the companies are allowed to do while Cadi is still reviewing the transaction. In mm-hmm. May 2015, Cadi issued uh, specific guidelines on gun jumping. So the idea behind this document was really to provide uh, companies and uh, practitioners uh, with certain standards uh, that could that would be employed by Cadi from then on. So this is a very interesting document. Uh, it has basically um, three sections. Uh, the first one provides for well a definition of gun jumping and the actions that could lead to it. And gun jumping in Brazil is pretty, pretty similar to uh, the, the definition in Brazil is pretty similar to the one that you have in the U.S. Uh, the second section of this document uh, provides for certain uh, guidelines for companies to avoid the risks incurred by gun jumping. And the final section just uh, reinforces the penalties that could be imposed by, by Cadi. So this has been quite helpful uh, for <laughs> local practitioners in sure. Brazil and for companies that have, that have those sort of problems. And just for our listeners to know, 
there are at least five cases in Brazil in the past 18 months uh, in which Cari has uh, found, found out that uh, companies have incurred in some sort of uh, gun jumping. So, for instance, they were already uh, implementing the transaction while the, trans while the deal was still being uh, reviewed by Cari. And uh, in one of, this, one of those cases, uh, for instance, uh, the fine imposed by Cari was of $8.5 million to the companies. So why uh -huh. this is a very yeah it's a very important uh, issue and uh, well we really encourage listeners to listeners to to really sure. listen to that. Now so 8.5 is the largest penalty they've assessed uh, for gun jumping yes yeah uh, not for other practices but uh, for right. certainly for gun jumping. Right. Now was that case a particularly egregious case? I mean, do they out now you know basically say? Cotty, I don't care about you. I'm going to go do whatever I want. And was that a Brazilian merger or was that a multinational merger that happened uh, also close? Yeah, and this is this is a this is a, a very interesting question because uh, actually, at least from from my my perspective, uh, this was not a uh, this was not a well, what uh, using an expression and egregious uh, case. Um, it was related to a multinational deal. Uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, last year Cisco acquired uh, Technicolor. Uh, this okay. was a global, trans a global transaction, and actually, uh, after filing the transaction to Cardi's review, Cisco uh, and Technicolor uh, decided to, uh, well, really uh, carve out Brazil from the rest of the of the, of the deal because the transaction had already been cleared in the U.S. and in Europe, and Cardi, uh, after reviewing the information provided by the parties came to the understanding that uh, this carve-out was really illegal and it has been prepared as some sort of a circumvention uh, to the rules about uh, gun jumping. So, uh, as, so from, from, from this, and this fine was imposed in the beginning of this year, so since then it has become very clear that uh, no carve-outs uh, are really uh, allowed and carve-outs may result in the position of fines for the Japanese Brazil. Yeah, well, interesting. I was, I was afraid that it may be a multinational merger, so um, obviously that, that, does, um, that does counsel uh, companies to be very careful about what they do. Now, was the, was the activity that led to the gun jumping, did that occur in Brazil or did it occur elsewhere and it just sort of had a ripple effect in Brazil? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, that's, that's really, actually, that's pretty hard to say because uh, there was really no activity uh, in a um, way. Uh, the companies that Cisco and Technicolor, they simply decided to uh, carve out Brazil, so they decided to close the transaction in uh, basically... Uh, all the rest of the world and leave Brazil aside. But Cadi uh, understood that because the companies were already proceeding with the consolidation of their business on a global scale, there was a risk uh, that some coordination that was uh, being carried out in other countries could affect Brazil even if uh, potentially. And so this is why Cadi right. uh, has passed a very strong message with this decision uh, <laughs> in a way that uh, carve-out uh, really not allowed, and it could result in the position of uh, fines for, for gun jumping. 
Wow. Okay. So that that would really require, if you wanted to do something like that, a restructuring of the deal, almost like spinning the Brazilian operations off to be independent and then being acquired sometime later. Um, uh, interesting. Uh, well, I, let me, given the fact that we're talking about multinational uh, mergers, um, that obviously raises the uh, question of how well and does Cade work with uh, antitrust authorities around the world when there are, you know, issues of mutual interest. I mean, uh, there's a pact, obviously, with the EU. There's a pact with the U.S. Um, but how does that work, you know, in reality? Um, this is a very good question, Jay. And uh, I would say that uh, before 2005, 2006, uh, there was uh, very little coordination between Brazil and foreign countries authorities, if any. Uh, this changed a lot uh, since then. And there have been uh, a number of uh, cooperation agreements signed by CARI in Brazil and either the DOJ or the FTC in the U.S. or the European Commission in Europe um, trying to provide uh, some guidelines in respect of information that could be exchanged between those authorities um, and actually uh, exchanging know-how. So we have received the visit, uh, well, CARI has received the visit of a number of uh, very important people from the from the the, the US DOJ, uh, Scott Hammond, for instance, has been in Brazil a couple of times for meetings mm-hmm. with Cali and the local antitrust community. Uh, a number of commissioners of the FTC as well. So this has um, this has uh, resulted in Brazil receiving a lot of know-how, and especially uh, uh, when it comes to uh, investigation techniques. So, as I said, because uh, we introduced a new stability and new leniency system in 2002, it was very important for us in Brazil to learn um, how the UI has been dealing with uh, with uh, leniency uh, for a very long time, uh, what were the problems that were, that uh, Europe was facing with the introduction of a leniency system. So, this is why it was very important for uh, for the Brazilian government to have those interactions. And this has uh, has resulted in, in uh, a, a, a lot of uh, uh, lots of very very important results since then. And I'll say that nowadays most of the conducts uh, that are being prosecuted either in the US or in Europe, they're also being prosecuted in Brazil. Uh, because uh, since the introduction of the leniency system and because the fines that are imposed by CAD in Brazil are so high, any company that decides to enter negotiations of uh, leniency agreement in the U.S. or in Europe, they also well, they definitely consider the possibility of bringing the case to Brazil. So when you talk uh, about uh, marine housing, uh, for instance, uh, about the market of, uh, of threat forwarding, uh, when you talk about DRAM memory, uh, ODDs for computers, all of those markets, they have been investigated by foreign authorities, and they're also right. being investigated in Brazil because of the new applications. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, that um, obviously, it, it's <laughs> it's good and bad news when 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 countries cooperate, obviously, for companies, it's, yeah. it's bad. It's bad when they refer um, 
when they refer, refer conduct and say, hey, you guys got to look at this, but at the same time, when they when they coordinate on matters, especially like mergers, it's um, it, it can help matters um, to be uh, a bit more efficient. Um, on that sort of last um, issue, so it, it, if I understand correctly, a lot of besides the merger control um, work, a lot of uh, Cadiz investigations are in the um, cartel. You just mentioned rattled off a number of cartel investigations that um, were multi-jurisdictional. Well, what kind of, uh, and you had said that some of the penalties can be pretty stiff and that eight and a half million was just for the jump, uh, gun jumping. What kind of, what kind of penalties are you seeing in the cartel, um, arena? Yeah, well, uh, penalties in Brazil, they have been quite high for quite, quite a long time. And I don't know if you know this, but, uh, fines in, in Brazil for, um, any competitive behavior, they are calculated according to the defendant turnover. So in in, in, uh, in the law before that we had before 2012, uh, the fines they could be ranged between 1% to 30% of the company's turnover in the year before the investigation was launched in Brazil. This changed in 2012, and since then the fines they ranged from 0.1 to 20% of the company's turnover in the year before the investigation was launched in Brazil in the market affected by the investigation. And so we have those, uh, those ranges, and most of the fines imposed by CARI nowadays to companies that are part of uh, cartels, uh, they are in the range of 15 to 20%. So this is a uh, a lot actually, and nowadays most of the companies that are well, they're part of the cartel investigation in Brazil. If they are aware that Cardi holds a significant amount of uh, evidence against them, uh, they are pretty sure that they will be fined at the end of the investigation, and uh, they are also pretty sure that the fine will be in the amount uh, of of 15 to 20 percent, and this is a lot, and this is resulting in fines that can uh, go, uh, well, if we look at the, uh, the fines imposed to all of the defendants in a certain case, the fines can reach sometimes 100 million dollars, so that's a lot. Yeah, and and where does the money go, into the treasury, or does it go to, to um, you know, prospective the people who were supposedly harmed by the cartel. Yeah, this is this is an this is an interesting, interesting question. Uh, the, the money actually it should be uh, used by the government in what we call a human uh, uh, human rights fund, and actually it just goes to the treasury, and we really don't know what is what is done with this amount. <laughs> yes, yeah, and Cari Cari does not receive anything from those fines. And so Cardi has been uh, very active in uh, the position of those fines, but uh, it ends up with nothing after of the fines that are intended uh-huh. to the Senate in, uh, investigations in Brazil. Interesting. Okay. Wow. Well, I, that, that's been that's been very interesting, and, and it certainly seems that uh, um, you know the antitrust regime in Brazil continues to um, become not not just more uh enforcement oriented um and not just more robust but also 
more sophisticated. And, you know, frankly, they're getting stiffer fines these days for pretty much everything. Absolutely, absolutely. That's, uh, that's a pretty good summary. No. Well, I, I thank you very much for uh, joining us um, today. Um, uh, if you can, uh, Andre, why don't you, uh, you know, tell folks how they can get a hold of you if they have any questions about uh, Brazilian law in general and certainly in antitrust in particular. Well, sure, uh, Jay. Well, first of all, it has been a pleasure, uh, and I'm very happy to to talk to you. And uh, well, if anyone has uh, further questions. Uh, I guess the easiest way, easiest way to reach me would be through uh, our firm's website, uh, which is uh, www.tgmlaw.com.br. And this is the website, and uh, there you have my contact information. And uh, I'm happy to, to handle any questions that uh, your listeners may have. Excellent. And as everyone well knows, you can get a hold of me um, on LinkedIn. Um, at Twitter, I'm at J-A-Y-L-L-E-V-I-N-E. And my email is the letter J-L-E-V-I-N-E at porterite.com. Uh, this has uh, been very enjoyable. Thank you very much, Andre. Uh, and I uh, hope everybody enjoyed um, listening to and uh, getting a glimpse into the uh, antitrust uh, regime in Brazil. Um, Again, this is Jay Levine, your host of Antitrust Law Source. Have a great day. Porter Wright Morrison Arthur LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. This content is not intended as legal advice for any purpose and you should not consider it as such. All rights reserved.